and Psaki explaining. Now, it's important to note, President Biden does nothing at 9 a.m. He is a <laughs> night owl. So the fact that he is doing this at 9 a.m. anyway oh speaks God. to how uh, vital the White House recognizes it is for him to have his yeah. voice out there conveying that to the American public. All right, Steve. Okay. Okay, sure. So this right. is we really important. Take, first of all, we should be thankful, express our gratitude, and that really conveys the weightiness of the situation, the, somebody, the importance that he's placing on it. Yeah, somebody texted in, Biden's a night owl, as if he's always saying, who, who's getting my pudding? Who's reading me a story? Right. Who's changing my clothes? Also reported last year by CNN that he's an early, uh, that he's early to bed right. and apparently late to rise. But, you know, whatever. The important thing is he made the decision to get up and get to the podium before nine o'clock yesterday and Here's what he said when he got there. And here are the highlights. First, all customers who had deposits in these banks can rest assured. I want to rest assured they'll be protected and they'll have access to their money as of today. That includes small businesses across the country that bank there and need to make payroll, pay their bills and stay open for business. No losses. Will, and I want this is an important point. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Let me repeat that. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Instead, the money will come from the fees that banks pay into the deposit insurance fund. Because of the actions of that, because of the actions that our regulators have already taken, every American should feel confident that their deposits will be there if and when they need them. Second, the management of these banks will be fired. If the bank is taken over by FDIC, the people running the bank should not work there anymore. Third, investors in the banks will not be protected. They knowingly took a risk, and when the risk didn't pay off, investors lose their money. That's how capitalism works. And fourth, there are important questions of how these banks got into the circumstance in the first place. We must get the full accounting of what happened and why those responsible can be held accountable. In my administration, no one, in my no one is above the law. And finally, we must reduce the risk of this happening again. During the Obama-Biden administration, we put in place tough requirements on banks like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, including the Dodd-Frank law to make sure that the crisis we saw in 2008 would not happen again. Unfortunately, the last administration rolled back some of these requirements. Right. So the last part isn't uh, isn't relevant. Uh, the rollback on the Trump administration of the significant financial institution designation. And that's not me saying it. That's the Frank from Dodd Frank, Barney Frank saying it. Barney Frank. Oh, my God. Tell everybody. <laughs> a director at, at Signature Bank of New York, uh, who was as surprised mm -hmm. as anyone that regulators came in and shut down Signature Bank of New York as the Wall Street Journal opined. Uh, Barney Frank getting a little education in what happens when the government doesn't like your business. Welcome to the rent seeking party, uh, Barney. Um, so that's what by so and so that's the, and and uh, the capitalism thing. Investors uh, uh, made a bet and they lost and that's capitalism. Oh, really? Um, what about uh, those clients of Silicon Valley Bank who knew the FDIC cap was 250 grand, but had millions in their accounts anyway do they ta knowingly take a risk that didn't pan out because of a combination of the 
uh, Fed policy, Fed regulatory oversight, and their own mismanagement? Is that is that part of capitalism too, or not? Uh, finally, the uh, no taxpayers, no bailout. It's a backdoor bailout. The the bank fees is just the beginning of it, but those bank fees that will be paid are going to turn around and be passed on to uh, Johnny Punch Clock and Sally Housecoat in the term in terms of higher bank fees. You pay. Middle income families, people pay by the rules, always get the bill. It is axiomatic. Don't believe this from any politician that somehow taxpayers that are not, you know, the rich and powerful are off the hook. You're never off the hook. You're always on the hook. And that was Charles Payne's point, reacting right after the big guy got done speechifying. Charles Payne over at Fox Business had a great riff. First and foremost, uh, for me, this was a bailout of Silicon Valley, not Silicon Valley Bank of Silicon Valley. And everyone needs to be clear on that. I'm clear. For more on all this, we're pleased to be joined by our friend Jim Perry, founder, CEO, CIO, CIO, CEO. He's an executive. Perry International Capital Partners, LLC. Jim, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. Um, Your reaction to Charles Payne's response in terms of what happened with Silicon Valley Bank in particular. I think he's 100% correct. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a Silicon Valley bailout, and Charles Payne is right on the money. Because we have people that were flying high when uh, everything was going swell for Silicon Valley and uh, the IPOs and the SPACs, as Charles Payne went on to talk about, and you saw Silicon Valley uh, increase its deposits 300% when uh, banks around the nation were seeing their deposit increases uh, at about 30% over the same time period. And they got a little full of themselves, and they start, as Bernie Marcus said, they started thinking about politics and climate change and Swedish teenagers, and uh, they forgot that bonds uh, run inverse, bond prices run inverse to interest rates, and they didn't appreciate the VC Twitterverse, and they got caught. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, um, I feel bad for all of the companies that were actually doing the right thing and putting money on deposits at the bank and making payrolls and paying utility bills and stuff like that. But when some of these high-flying sort of crypto companies had deposited, you know, $300 million, $400 million on deposit at Silicon Valley Bank, and Silicon Valley Bank was really only paying about a half a percentage point for deposit rates, then they went out and bought a bunch of treasury bonds. Probably, you know, I just looked at the numbers. Average yield, they probably paid 2%, maybe as high as 4%. And they made a really big mistake. They got greedy and wanted to take all that spread for themselves. And they didn't have a risk management team that understood that interest rates can go up. So I, I <laughs> find the whole thing. Uh, slightly absurd. And I just can't get over this. They're so greedy that most of them got bonuses the day before the FDIC came in and took over. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sick. this CEO there, he uh, he sold $30 million worth of stock right. in the last three months, as did other board members. And on Friday, there's 8,000-odd employees at 
SVP. And um, they got a performance bonus for 2022. Um, well, sure. They were one of Forbes, uh, yeah. the Forbes list. They made the Forbes list of the best bank in America. Well, of course they got a performance bonus. It's amazing, though. You know, I mean, as to your point, Dan, you know, between 2021 and 22, the balance sheet of this bank went up by a factor of three, right? And that's the fastest growing bank in the country by a huge margin. And uh, the CEO of the bank was on the board of directors at the San Francisco Federal Reserve Bank. And it really raises the question is like, you know, why did not anybody see this, right? I mean, it, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that there's a tremendous amount of leverage and risk going on here. Yet, what, somehow, nobody did. And what about uh, the federal response now? I mean, uh, the Wall Street Journal opining. So what are we going to do now with respect to the Fed and the president uh, committing to back all of the uninsured deposits? So are we just going to create uh, a guaranteed uh, federal backing. I mean, you know, the, the, we're going to make the moral hazard that already exists bigger, and we're just going to have all deposits will be backed at all times for all reasons sort of policy. Right. Well, the deposit insurance uh, limit at the moment is $250,000. And just, you know, whatever, the last crisis, it was something like a hundred. But the point is that, you know, it's going to go up. And um, I think if the government wants sort of a central bank digital currency, you know, this is a great way to push this agenda, right? I mean, I, I think a lot of good businessmen will get some money back that maybe had deposits in there of five million bucks or ten million bucks or even fifty. But uh, I, I really do think that this was an investment in Silicon Valley, and I think. Um, the stimulus that the government is going to put forward, and we don't know how much it's going to be, right? These deposits, maybe there's a special circumstance where some of these big companies get more. But, but this is a stimulus measure, right? This is this is more stimulus. This is the first stimulus since we've had since the pandemic. And if you look at things like options volatility and options activity at the Chicago Board Options Exchange, the activity in put options on the VIX are higher today than they were during the height of the pandemic. Hmm. Uh, yesterday, regional banks got routed on the street. So what's the forecast for them? Well, I had a friend call me and ask me if he should buy the regional bank index yesterday. And I said, man, oh, man, I don't know yet. We'll see. We'll know my, buy more tomorrow. Let's wait and see. And, you know, this regional bank index was down um, – 12% the index yesterday, it's probably going to be up 12% today. I mean, stocks are going to open up. Uh, spreads are tightening. The odds of a Fed tightening uh, on the 22nd of March, which were essentially 90% that they would hike 50, you know, as of last Wednesday. Now it's only a 60% chance that they go 25. And, you know, you get to 50-50 at some point in the next week or so here, you're going to get a no hike and um, risk assets are going to love it, right? It's more stimulus. And how big is the bailout for uninsured deposits? Is it a trillion? I don't know. Is it a half a trillion? Probably. But the fact is that's another half a trillion dollars of government stimulus uh, on top of everything that we've already yeah. had. So we're kind yeah. of 
right back where we were, you know? That's a great point. Well, and, and speaking of right back where we were, so the uh, CPI number out this morning, uh, 6% inflation year over year, food inflation 9.5% year over year. Uh, so you're you're not really seeing the sort of uh, decline the the trajectory uh, the you know of decline that you want, and so how does that factor in what the Fed will do on the twenty second when they're sort of now between a rock and a hard place? Right, you know CPI. Um, there's four line items that came through, and the month on month core number was actually up. The other ones were as expected. But, you know, inflation is still running hot, and more stimulus from the government means it's going to be hotter. So if the Fed really had the uh, uh, American public and the American economy um, as its top interest, uh, they've still got to fight inflation. And I think inflation, after this whole thing, with the stimulus that we're going to get, I think the risk of it is higher. I don't, I don't, I mean, let me put it this way. Back in the 70s, right, 70s and 80s, when interest rates were as high as they were, right, 10, 12, 14, 15, 20%. The last time inflation was this high, 1,600 banks failed, right? 1,600 banks failed, not three, 1,600. And the fast switch response to the government on three small banks failing just goes to show you that this government, this administration, cares about control. And the more money that goes out of these small regional banks into the big ones allows them to do what they want. If this Silicon Valley bank, which was something like $200 billion worth of assets under management, let's just say this bank was in the heartland of America, right? And it failed. Do you think the Fed would have bailed them out? No. Me either. So why did they do it? Charles Payne's right. This is a Silicon Valley bailout. But, 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 farmers... It would never happen. But but to your point, and this is a point that Chris Whalen made on our show yesterday too, is that you got um, a lot of other regional banks that have um, balance sheets that may be just as precarious. They may may be bordering on insolvency too. It just hasn't been realized yet because the the their bond positions haven't matured, and so there could be a lot more to come. And so the Fed's got to worry about hiking rates and exacerbating that problem, or not hiking rates and exacerbating inflation that's their choice that is that is true and if you look at the numbers and we've all seen them over the last three or four days there's something like another 620 billion dollars worth of uh losses on the books of these regional banks which hasn't been booked right so you're looking at 10 15 20 percent asset values on these portfolios that are down and the fact is that uh, when interest rates went spiking up, those losses got worse. But, you know, all of a sudden here, you've got bill rates back down to 492, and, and, and two-year notes are at four and a quarter. They were at 4% yesterday. Two-year notes went from 5% to 4% in two and a half days. Mm-hmm. And 10-year notes were down 75 basis points. So this rally in the bond market actually reduces the immediacy of another bailout because the exposures are smaller today by 20% than they were, you know, Monday morning. So so what's your best guess? Uh, I mean, I, I know you gave us the handicapping at present for March 22nd, but even beyond March 22nd, are we? is the Fed going to stay the course, do you think, with respect to the rate hikes and where they want to get the Fed funds rate ultimately, just get there slower? 
as somebody who cares about the whole health of the whole economy, I think that they should hike 25 basis points. Um, if they choose to not hike, the stock market's going to go up. Risk assets will get more highly priced. And that's, at the end of the day, that's what they're trying to stop, right? So the markets are kind of haywire here, but I think if you, if you react and go back down to zero, you're sending a really, really dangerous message to risk takers and inflation. And you're sticking it to uh, the people who play by the rules that I opened the segment talking about. Right. Jim Perry, founder, CIO, Perry International Capital Partners. James, thanks as always. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Yep, You too. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. This is the morning show. More Chicago radio listeners are choosing. This is Chicago's morning answer on AM560. The answer. Hi, Barry Sterner, founder of Townstone Financial. Inflation has caused many of us to use our credit cards more than usual. Having large credit card balances at interest rates at or near 20% is difficult to manage, on top of the fact that making minimum monthly payments is a path to financial disaster. So how about taking out a fixed second mortgage or a home equity line of credit to tap 